Hi everyone, this is Corina and Angel. Welcome to The Human Show, proudly presented and supported by worldpodcast.com. Here we explore the relationships between people, technology and business. Join us on this journey where we interview anthropologists, other researchers and industry people from all over the world, from India to Kenya, US, Europe, to right back here in New Zealand. Hi friends, in today's episode we are joined by Dawn Walter, anthropologist and conference founder to discuss the Anthropology and Technology Conference. Dawn shares her motivation for setting up the conference, as well as the main learnings from the first edition that happened in 2019. She introduces the 2020 edition that will happen online and takes us through its current theme and streams on the topic of championing socially responsible AI. During the next weeks, we will be interviewing and releasing podcast episodes with um, speakers at the conference from from all of the three streams, as well as an interview with the keynote speaker. So stay with us as we, together with Dawn, take you through this year's edition of Championing Socially Responsible AI. We hope you enjoy it. Um, hi, friends. We are here today with, with Dawn uh, Walter, founder at the Anthropology and Technology Conference and an anthropologist. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Karina. Yeah, we are here again for the second time around with the Anthropology and Technology Conference. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to have this interview. Uh, but for those of our listeners that haven't been with us on the first one, uh, I wanted to ask you to tell me and them a little bit more about your background. Well, what's your background and what do you do right now? Okay, so I am an anthropologist and I set up a consulting firm called Monday and Anson when I came back to England in 2017. So I've been running that for about three years. So I was in New Zealand for about 20 years and I worked in tech there and um, was a technical writer for a long time, worked in different tech companies and then sort of around sort of the early 2000s I became really interested in UX and um, and then decided to go back to university and study anthropology. So that's kind of my anthropology journey. Um, and it was a kind of a slow process because I was working. I was doing it part-time. Um, and I think, as you are aware as well, Karina, there wasn't much of an applied anthropology mm. space in New Zealand. So um, I didn't really know how to use it in New Zealand. Um, so I sort, of, I sort of loved doing it and loved studying but needed to earn money at the same time. And then so when I decided to come back to England, I thought perhaps then that would be the time for me to start um, becoming an, an applied anthropologist, as it were. Mm. And what do you do right now? Organizing the conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t- tell me more about that. Well, what's, uh, let's start with your motivation. Well, what, what is it looking back now? Because that this is the second year, looking back into uh, the beginning. Why did you set all of this uh, up well, it was originally um, a business idea, so I thought I would um, put the conference on to um, showcase the value of anthropology to tech. So that's how it sort of started. It was a business idea. And then um, it became much more than that. And I, I spoke to that actually in the welcome speech at the 2019 conference. And because I was becoming increasingly concerned about the social impact of algorithmic decision making, and the, the more I read about it, in newspaper articles and in books like Weapons of Mass Destruction and Automating Inequality, the more I felt I needed to do something. And 
you know, as anthropologists, we we care about making the world a better better place. Um, and I felt I needed to do something. And um, so I think for me, anthropology has never really, I don't know, we could have changed the world by now. And I, I, I think it's an amazing discipline. Um, and I think if I could sum up what I love most about my discipline is that it teach you, teaches you to respect difference and respected differences is never needed more than now. And so I wanted to really elevate the discipline of anthropology with the conference because when you hear people say, you know, when they list the social sciences, I'm always waiting for them to say anthropology and, and they rarely do. You know, it's, it's sociology, it's, it's, um, psychology, economics, and then it's like, here's anthropology. So I think hopefully through the conference, people will uh, begin to understand that anthropology has a lot to offer business and tech and emerging tech. Um, so that's a very long-winded answer to your question. I, I, I wonder, uh, do you have any experience in, in, you know, event organizing or setting up conferences and... I do now. <laughs> I do now, yeah. I, I really, I, uh, I know your story with setting up the first year and it, it always blew my mind how you could just set up such a professional event from scratch and learn it on the way. So I, I want you to maybe speak a little bit to that. Like how, how did you get that courage and, um, what, what, what kind of, what, um, what fueled your engine throughout, um, throughout the last year? Yeah. I think if I, it's funny when you, you just do, you just do things. Well, I just tend to do things. If I get a bee in my bonnet or if I get very passionate about something, I just, I just want to do it. I just can't bear not doing something. Um, and so, yeah, I think if I'd known what was in store for me, I mean, it was an amazing experience. I actually loved it. And the 2009 conference blew me away and it was absolutely fantastic. But if I'd realized how much exact, how much work and stress and anguish as it was, uh, then I may not have done it. So I'm glad I didn't know that because otherwise it would never have happened. Um, so I just decided to do it. And then I just, yeah, I just, as, as you say, I, I learned as I went along and I'm sure I made some mistakes. I did make some mistakes, but, um, that's, that's, that otherwise nothing gets done, right? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what are some of your main learnings from, from last year's event? Yeah, yeah and, and maybe for for those of our listeners that that haven't been to last year's event or or don't know it, maybe you can just describe it shortly. Yeah, so last year was about, and and this year too is really about uh, the th overall theme is socially responsible AI. And what I'm trying to do is engage social scientists, primarily anthropologists and sociologists, in conversation with technologists. And so last year was about socially responsible AI. We had six keynotes, uh, two of which were anthropologists. There was a, a professor of law from Brussels. We had um, a, um, an AI developer entrepreneur who also had an uh, anthropology background. And um, we had a, a computer scientist who sort of was also a, had a social science background who was very passionate about sort of AI and ethics. And then we had um, 18 Pechicuta talks, which, are, as you know, are very short talks. Um, and then so the learnings, I guess, look, probably more space for people to talk. Each keynote had we had everybody had 30 minutes to spend time with the keynote. But I think there wasn't enough space during the day for people to actually talk together in groups. 
So there was lots of talking being talked at and but not enough space for people to kind of get together. So um, I, I, I listened to that and I'm definitely, and, and I'm fixing it this year. Um, so there will be space to do that. A lot of space, which is nice. Tell, tell, tell me more about this year's event. Um, what should we expect from it? Okay. So this year is different in terms of we have many more speakers and we have three streams. So we have, The fintech stream, the health tech stream and the smart city stream and each stream is, is, they're all talking to, um, socially responsible AI, but they are obviously have the differences in terms of, you know, fintech, um, offices up, offers up the promise of the democratization of finance. If learning algorithms fail on the, fail on the promises of inclusion, fintech firms may hardwire predatory inclusion in existing inequalities and unconscious biases into the financial markets for, for the next several generations. So that's sort of the focus of the fintech stream. Health tech is, is similar, but obviously more directed at um, health tech. So again, technology offers the potential to reshape health and care, empowering people who are willing and able to become more actively engaged in their health. However, it's critically important that digital healthcare technologies do not exacerbate inequalities in healthcare. So that's sort of the healthcare focus. And then smart cities, um, you know, typically the smart city is defined in terms of technology, but how can cities be smart enough using technology to promote democracy and equity? How do we achieve social change with technology without overvaluing technology? So they're all speaking to the same thing. And I think it's really important actually to draw attention to our um, keynote. So we've got So in each of the three streams, there are six speakers and they'll all be talking uh, for 15 minutes. So quite nice, short talks. And then people will have the opportunity to discuss. Um, but our overall keynote uh, this year, because for me, ultimately, all of this is about human rights. Um, so I wanted, I came across this amazing woman called Nanny Janssen Raventolo, who was actually uh, referred to me by one of our speakers. And she's a human rights lawyer and she's a director of the Digital Freedom Fund. And um, she's passionate about, obviously, human rights in this space. And I invited her to be our 2020 keynote because AI-driven technology is already being used to make decisions that are having real and serious consequences for people's human rights. And I, you know, I spoke to that in the welcome speech last year, um, at, you know, often as we're middle class Um, you know, um, I think Eubanks was talking about it. I, I think I said most of us here haven't, I expect, felt the injustice of being targeted by an algorithm. Mm. The sense that an electronic eye is turned towards you, but you can't put your finger on exactly what is amiss. And that's what Eubanks wrote in her book, Automating Inequality. Mm. And as Eubanks suggested, you know, we don't all experience this new regime of digital data in the same way. And in one chilling and probably prescient quote, a working class woman turns to you, Banks, and says, you should pay attention to what happens to us. You're next. So, you know, if we care about working, making the world a better place, we need to pay attention to this. Um, and so that's why I wanted Nanny to be our keynote, because she is a human rights lawyer and she's passionate about about this, uh, these issues. And. You know, in in, a, in developing emerging tech, it's important to address algorithmic bias, which reflect and amplify existing social inequalities. Otherwise, these technologies will continue to perpetuate inequalities and social injustice. But this also means, and this is particularly pertinent given what's going on in America, this also means dismantling the systems of racism 
and colonization embedded in every aspect of our society. So Nanny's keynote will address decolonizing digital rights, which I think is hugely important. Mm. Because unless we act now together, social and an economic divides will be further deepened and systems of oppression will continue to be automated. Yeah, yeah, powerful message. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wonder... I wonder about, uh, you talked earlier, um, when you talked about your motivation in setting up the conference, um, about putting in dialogue uh, several disciplines. Um, w- what type of disciplines do you find essential to be in a room, um, you know, reflecting on and discussing over these topics? I think, um, well, the social sciences, you know, Anthropology and sociology, definitely. And I apologize to all the sociologists for calling it the Anthropology and Technology <laughs> Conference. <laughs> But there, there is a reason for that. And I explained that earlier in terms of, you know, when people list the social scientists, uh, mm. sciences, they miss out anthropology. So it's about elevating anthropology a bit more. So they talk about sociologists and anthropologists. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of being in the room, the social scientists, the technologists particularly, Um, but obviously also, I mean, uh, business leaders, because we need to speak to the business leaders, because if we are going to encourage, champion, um, call for the design and development of responsible tech, then the business leaders need to be in the room because they're making the decisions. So social science, we've got a really um, wide range of, of people speaking this year, which I hope will attract a wide range of people. So we've obviously in this health tech stream, we've got clinicians. Mm-hmm. Um, who are interested in the digital space, um, data, privacy, ethics, all those sorts of things. And we've got, um, we have got sociologists talking. We've got the sociologists in the smart cities and we've got a sociologist on the, on the panel. Um, so a, wide, a really wide range of people, um, which I think is really important to have these conversations together. T- tell me more about the, the logistics of it all. When, where, how, how much? The logistics. Well, it was originally going to be in Bristol again mm-hmm. uh, at the City Hall. But obviously, for reasons that we are all aware of, it is now going online. And so it will be a virtual conference. And it will be on Friday, the 9th of October. So I do urge people to check out the website. Tickets will be on sale um, next month. It can't be free, unfortunately, because uh, we don't have enough sponsorship yet. We're only in our second year. Um, to be able to make things free, um, maybe in the future, um, in year five or something, we can make tickets free. Um, so, yeah, so it'll be online and uh, tickets will be on sale next month. Um, what about the, the digital platform? Uh, what uh, Can you share more about uh, where will this be hosted on and what would it, will it enable? So the platform isn't Zoom. Um, we are spending a fair bit of money trying to get the right platform because it has to be the right platform because um, networking um, is obviously key to this as well. And so the platform that we've chosen enables video chats, not just chatting, text chatting. So you can actually get together with about six people. You can randomly pull six people and basically have a, a video mini chat there and then, which is brilliant, um, which I think is much better than just all these Chats. I mean, it's nice to chat, text chat, but I think it's nice, nice to, especially if you haven't seen somebody for a while and you know, you know of them from and they're on the other side of the world or something. Um, really nice to have that opportunity. And the platform will also enable our, um, uh, conference partners to have virtual exhibit rooms. So almost like another stream or another conference room where they can have, um, 
presentations and, and video chats, um, which is really important, I think, so they can pull key people into the room and, and have uh, conversations about um, what they're offering. Okay. Um, any 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 final thoughts or messages for for people that are considering to attend? Um, yes, definitely. I think I think it, it's probably worth just reiterating the conference themes and aims. So the overall theme of the, of the conference, as I've said, is socially responsible AI, and our, the aim of the conference is to encourage the responsible design and development of emerging tech, so that existing social inequalities are not exacerbated. I'm really encouraging critical thinking around emerging tech. So this isn't this conference isn't about hype. Um, definitely not about hype. I'm really um, passionate about it not being about hype. Um, I'm trying to encourage businesses and organisations to include social scientists on their team and demonstrate the value of social mm-hmm. science to technology. And really to encourage those conversations and collaboration between social scientists and technologists I wanted to share a quote with you all. Uh, I was listening to a talk at COGX um, between Safia Noble and Sarah Drinkwater and Thomas Hughes. And Safia Noble was asked to um, what advice she would give to tech leaders. Um, that was the kind of the last question she was given. And she said um, one of the things she said would be to hire social scientists. Mm. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so that's fantastic. And so um, I tweeted that and she promptly followed the conference. So I was very excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, thank you so much for being with us today, Don. And, and, and for those of our uh, um, listeners that are interested in knowing more about the conference, we will be uh, um, consistently releasing podcast episodes with uh, from the three uh, streams and also with the keynote. So um, just to go deeper into their point of view uh, regarding this fascinating topic. And we will put all the links down below in the, in the podcast show notes uh, to the website where you, can, um, where you can follow the conversation and uh, await the, uh, the release of the tickets. Yeah. Thank you, Don. Thank and, you. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to the second edition. Yes, me too. I think I think the first edition was amazing, but I think the second edition will be something special too. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. Follow us on our social media channels and look at the show notes for links to our speakers' work. Join us next time for more interesting conversations.